Hello everyone, this is uh, part two on uh, Become Love and today we're just going to keep talking about uh, how we uh, need uh, to get out of this uh, feeling based life and not to accommodate our feeling all the time and we need to live it in the right way. So today we're going to start looking into a phrase that I think is interesting and uh, it, it, it comes out of this to read the Bible to get to know him is the most uh, amazing thing. It's just beautiful. Uh, so when we read the word, it's the word printed, him speaking to us. And that's the most beautiful place to be. We don't just read the Bible because it's a Christian thing to do. We need to get out of that way of thinking. Because to read the Bible is, is very, very, very beautiful. When you start living that way, uh, you, you won't have to read your Bible because it's a Christian thing to do. You, you read it to get to know Him. And when you get to know Him, you get to know you. People str struggle today reading their Bible because it works. It's difficult. It's not easy because they, they have the mindset that there is something uh, that they have to do. And if there is something they have to do, that's when it becomes a problem because it, then it becomes works instead of reading it to get to know him so we need to get out of this works mentality well uh, when i hear people say we, we should read the bible and i've been given scripture to people you know many many times and sometimes the holy spirit tells me that you know ask them to read the scripture and the sad part they don't know where it is in the bible they can't find it because nobody teaches them teaches them why they read the bible why they should get to know the Bible. To get to know the Bible is to get to know Him. So, uh, I should probably read my Bible. I'm a Christian. No, that's the wrong attitude. We should read the Bible to get to know Him. It has nothing to do with that, to, to just do it because you're a Christian. It's all about finding Him. It's like a treasure hunt. Uh, oh my, it's so amazing, this treasure hunt. If you, if you go in there and find Him, you find you. And, and, and to find you, it means that you know him and how that you, he knows you. You find him here in this treasure hunt. You find you there in this treasure hunt. You can't, can't find him without finding you because you are one. And that's the treasure hunt itself. You find him and then him and you become real. And that's where the beauty is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love this place. I love this place to be on this treasure hunter to see more the things that he's given and done you know and the, and just to see what he is uh, doing in my life and in others life that's the treasure hunt itself you find yourself and you find him the clearer the clearer i see him the clearer i see me so so that's the understanding the more i read about him the more i know my identity and that's the purpose of this and uh, like we, we started out, the communion in this here is intimacy with him. Communion is when you, uh, when you sit down and, and just remember, go over and looking into, uh, ponder on, meditate on what he did to bring you to where you are today, who you are today. So com uh, communion, is, uh, uh, communion and union is something that we're really going to touch a lot. So, uh, uh, and to find the best place uh, in this, is the, this is a place where God hold me for a long time, is the Philippians 2. And it talks about the mindset, and it's the mindset of Christ. What is the mindset of Christ? That, that's what you're going to find out. So, so don't, uh, when we can't re start reading the, the Bible uh, in the Philippians 2, because it starts with a therefore, and in light of what I've just said, we can never start 
reading the Bible where it starts with a therefore, because then we no, don't know where it's therefore. So, uh, but it means in the light of what I've just said. So I need to know what he just said. So probably let's start in Philippians 1.27. And, and this is how uh, Philippians 1.27 goes. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. So, so the way we talk to each other, the way we are, let it become uh, become at the gospel of Christ, how the gospel of Christ is laid out. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs. That you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith, for the faith of the gospel. So here we see a lot of really good things that we need to look into. This is where communion becomes real. This is where things start. So the phrase the faith in the gospel. Uh, means or in the Bible means that the faith is talking about who you are, not about fighting the devil. We need to get out of that mindset. We've been, we've been taught a sin gospels for so long, so our focus is on sin and, and problems, you know, and that's wh where we shouldn't be. So uh, what are we striving for? The faith of the gospel. Isn't, it worth, uh, isn't that where, uh, where our really struggle is, to know who we are? That's the fight, my dear brothers and sisters. We seek him, find him, and when we find him, we find you. That's the strife, not the devil, he's defeated. The faith of the gospel. Some people think that fighting the good fight of faith that we're going to look at in 1 Timothy 6.12 means fighting the devil, but has nothing to do with that. And we're going to look into that scripture because it says fighting the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto where unto, uh, where unto uh, you are also called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. So what does this mean? It, it comes out of, you know, the Greek word that was translated fight here in this scripture in First uh, Timothy 6.12 is agonisumai, and it means to struggle, literally. To compete for price, figuratively, to contend with an adversary, that is figuratively. Or genitive case, the endeavor of accomplish something. So it means, uh, it means to struggle or it means to, to compete for a price, uh, to contend with an adversary. Or genitive case, endeavor to accomplish something. Strong concordance. It comes from the same root word that we get the English word agony or agonize from. Agonos in my was translated to strive in Luke 13, 24 and striveth in 1 Corinthians 9, 25. There is a struggle in the Christian life. That's, that's what this means. There is a struggle in this, uh, this, this Christian life. The struggle isn't with God, but with ourselves. We struggle with ourselves and the devil's lies. And what is the devil lying about? We are. So uh, we, we, we can't seem to hold on to truth, so we have a tendency to fall into lies, and, and then we struggle with ourselves because we don't know who we are. There is no exem exemption from this fight. All do this is, is what we call identity. Those who refuse to fight loses. If you don't want to stand up for who you are, you lose. Some people think there is no such thing as a good fight. They are only interested in the things that come effortless. They just want uh, something uh, that oh, I don't need to do anything. That, that is not right because to get to know who you are, it, it is a fight because the devil will always try to trick you into think that you're not worth anything, that you're not lovable, that you are this 
ugly piece of problem or sin or all this. He's only going to remind you of what you have done in the past. And that's not where we should be. That's why it's a strive. To strive for this is to fight for this. Is You have a price. That's who you are. The Christian fight is, is good because it's already been won. Hallelujah by Jesus Christ. All believers are doing uh, all believers are doing is enforcing his victory. When we lift up who we are, we are just showing his victory. That makes uh, a good fight. The phrase lay hold on here is very important. Is speaking of seizing the opportunity, taking the chance, taking what's been given you. And uh, just as those who have been thrown a rope if you fall off uh, a boat, if you don't get lay hold of or take this rope, uh, uh, then you're never going to be pulled to safety. Your identity will always keep you safe. God gives us eternal life by His grace, but we have to put forth some effort to lay hold of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul must have been referring to some public profession that Timothy had made, possibly uh, uh, at his salvation experience, baptism or ordination. Something he made a confession about Jesus Christ. And if you look in... Go back to Timothy 3.16. It says, when brothers and sisters talk to, uh, among themselves about the Lord, he listens in and he writes in the book of remembrance what was spoken. So obviously our profession or co uh, confession is, it's, uh, has all to do with our identity. Because in the moment we admit who we are, we need to stand fast and stand firm. That's why he says, stand and stand. Therefore, it's nothing to do with the devil to find all the tools to fight him. It's all about who you are. The, the phrase that is we're talking about, the faith, has all to do with, uh, uh, with uh, uh, who you are. Every place in the Bible you find the faith, contending for the faith, walking in faith, holding up the faith, striving together for the faith, uh, seeing the truth of the gospel, all this, it carries one idea of securing the identity uh, you have received now that Christ has come. It is the finished work of Christ revealed in your heart. It is who you are because of Him. Hallelujah. So, so I remember we, we have been fighting this wrong fight. We've been fighting on the lie, uh, on the lie side uh, because the enemy is only lying. And since we've been preaching this sin gospel, lies is the only thing that comes forth. And that's, that's sin because God took care of that. So we need to start looking for life. Because he said he come to give us life and life more abundantly. So, so what, what, what am I talking about here? Let's, when I, when I, me and my family was living in the U.S., there was something that I think was very interesting about this. And that was, well, there was a lot of counterfeit money. It was false money going around. And uh, sometimes we come to the bank and the bank didn't receive a $100 bill because they didn't know it was real or not. So it was some struggle here. But then we just listened to the news and there was this... Uh, FBI was training people and they explained how they train people to, to recognize counterfeit or false money. And they said, you know, we trained our officers or our agents to locate false money and so they can go and train the bankiers and the people sitting in the, in, in, the, in the banks to recognize it. So they said, we only study the real money and not false money. We don't, we, why do we need to get to recognize false money? We need to recognize the real money because if I recognize the real money, then I would uh, no problem with the false. And this is why this fighting a good fight of faith has been so a misconception because we like to do something. We like to fight. We like to be strong. 
you are much, much stronger by standing and standing therefore on who you are. And that is faith. It's nothing to do with fighting the devil. It's always being a strive about who you are. And we see that when we come to the armor of God. To, to just to let you know, you can never ever put on or take off the armor of God yourself. Uh, we, we're going to come back to that, but... But I want to tell you this, put, the whole armor of God was put on you because it's righteousness, it's peace, it's, uh, it's truth, uh, it's faith, it's salvation, uh, it's the preparation of the gospel, all, all these amazing things. And it's righteousness, hallelujah. And it's only Christ who can do that. So he, he clothed you with this when in the moment you received salvation. Because in the moment uh, for all who received him was given a right to be the sons and daughters of God. And that's John 1.12. So it has nothing to do uh, to punching the devil in the mouth. Some people think the armor is about going knocking down the devil. And uh, that's just wrong. It has nothing to do with knocking down the devil. It has all about who you are. The armor tells you who you are. Because you are a righteous person. And, and you have salvation. And you have the shield of faith. You have been given faith. You have the word. That's a sword. And that's been given to you. And then you have the preparation of the gospel on your feet. That's to reach others. And the truth about this that holds everything together is the belt. And, and you have been given it all. And the best part. That covers your heart. That covers everything that's vital to you. It's righteousness. Hallelujah. This, this we need to get when we have our mindset focusing on fighting. That's when we lose because it has nothing to do with fighting. Because the devil, we, we say the devil is defeated. So why do we fight him? He wants to get your attention. He loves when we teach that way. The devil loves when we teach that way. We need to 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 shut him up and do all these things. He loves the attention because he's a cutoff. Listen to this. He's a cutoff, withering branch, coming to nothing coming to nothing and when you pay him attention he gets off of that when you pay when he talks to you and you listen and you rebuke him in jesus name go in jesus name i command you to leave that you are already focusing on him and, and the purpose is uh, is not to focus on him is to focus on who you are and the strength come from that place i'm not saying there is time when you need to tell him to stop but you need to get hold of who you are first because that's where the authority lies behind who you are. So the devil loves when we teach us this stuff about saying this, doing that and all these things. That's wrong. That's not the way we should do it. Because he's cut off, withering branch coming to nothing. When you pay him attention, he gets off on that. He, he really loves when you teach. He wants the, uh, your attention. He wants everyone's attention. He wants to be in the middle. And we see that also when you go on crusades or, or doing big meetings or doing regular meetings. Uh, if the enemy is there, he will always come up front. So we need to learn learn this. This is how who we are takes care of who he is. And, and he will poke you and he will put the finger in your side to, to get more reactions or more attention. He, he is like a little kid trying to get your attention. He just get the rise out of you. He wants you to be. <clears throat> he wants you to be angry. He wants you to be really coming after him. And that's not the way to do it. He loves the stuff because he's a cut off. He loves your attention because he's cut off. 
He loves your, your attention because he's cut off. It means he needs to get your attention to get hold of something inside because he's cut off with Jim Branch. He's out. Listen to this. He's out, not in. You are in, not out. He wants to get hold of something that is in. So you need to know if he's after you, he wants it because you are in. And that's who you are. You're in because your identity with and with the Father. Like Jesus said, you know, uh, in Hebrew 12, 1 to 3, it says if you, you're, you don't have all this faith thing in place, just go over every item that Jesus did, what he did, what he, where he started, where he finished, what, what his goal was. He was looking towards being there in and with the Father. So, so he, he could put up with anything, the, all the uh, strife and all this ugliness and beating and everything. He can stand up with everything, even the cross. Because he saw the finish where he's going to end up in and with the Father. So we need to get that holding too. So we are in, not out. And in this, when, if we look over this item, it will shoot adrenaline into our soul. And that's the message translation of the Hebrew, 11, Hebrew 12, 1, 2, 3. And, and, and to get that, it's like high voltage going. You just know in that moment who you are. And that's why you know you're in. And the enemy is out. He wants to get in. So he, he wants your attention because you're in. And he wants in. He's out. He, every time he looks at you and, and gets your attention, it means he's out. He, he just uh, tells you, I'm out. I want to get in. And if you know who you are, you're not going to let him do that. So that's just something we need to look at when we preach this sin gospel. We need to preach... Uh, not the sin gospel, we need to be, uh, preach righteousness because the kingdom is here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I think it's so beautiful. The weapons of our warfare. It's, it's, uh, we've been talking about this spiritual battle all the time. It is a spiritual battle, but we need to know something. Our job is to get to know who we are through getting to know Him. And in the moment you get to know Him, you know you. And that's when you need to understand your weapons. Your weapons has to do with replacing the enemy's lies with truth. You have that ability. You know the truth because you know the Lord and He lives in you. The Spirit of truth lives in us. So the weapon of, of your warfare, that's, it's mighty to break down strongholds. Strongholds is lies. has nothing to do with binding or rebuking the devil like people do. They just go after him in the wrong, on the wrong platform because he's out and you are in. So why do you go after him? Why do you go to his place to throw him out when he's already out? We need to get the understanding we are in, and that's our identity. Hallelujah. So it's not to binding and rebuking the devil like people do. We, we should do that too, but that's, we need to know who we are first. It has to do with replacing every lie with truth. That's our job. Oh, hallelujah. You know what I said about the money? It's to get hold of the uh, understanding and recognizing real money. And that's not focusing on the, on, on the false. But we have been trained so well to focus on, on what's false instead of focusing on what's true. Because you are in and he is out. So we uh, have been given this uh, strength to replace lies with truth. And truth is your best friend, Hallelujah, because truth sets you free. Truth is the word of God and it will never fade away. So seeking him is finding him and finding him is finding the truth. So on your journey to finding him and getting to know more and more about who he is in your life is getting to know more and more about who you are. And that is the truth that sets you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a strong statement. To seeking him is finding him. And the more you seek him on the journey to find him is finding truth. And truth 
is all about who you are. In the moment you find you, you find the truth and that sets you free because the truth is who you are. Hallelujah. And, and it will the word of God will never fade away. We, we are going to learn to honor his word. But this is what I learned. To stay with the word, stay with who he is, just go after him. Doesn't matter circumstances, any, any problem. I, I'm not supposed to focus on them because I need to focus on him because he takes me through them all. He, he doesn't leave me in them. He takes me through them all. And that means that, that the circumstances is not uh, going to stop coming. They are coming. He's promised they're going to come. But that's not our focus. Because to focus is to find him, to get to know him that takes us through them all. We're going to learn to honor his word. Not in a rob, uh, robotic way. No, no, no. Faith way is what we need to, to learn. But where I find myself in him, where I see myself in him, and the word of God brings life. In the moment I find myself in him, I'm alive. Hallelujah. 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 In him. And the word of God brings life. We see that in John 1, 4. So I'm going to look at that. And we're going to look at that together. Uh, because it's an amazing word. And uh, I love to, to, to get into the Bible. So I read it, uh, and you you can take your Bible. Always have your Bible near when you do these studies. So we're going to go to John 1, 4. And this is in the Gospel. 1, 4. And it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of man. Hallelujah. So the life comes from him. So we've been given this life, and that's our identity. So I am going to uh, contend for that. I'm going to stand with that. I'm going to stand for this faith. What does that mean? Uh, I'm going to contend for that faith. What does that mean? Is to maintain my identity and hold fast to who I am in the midst of chaos and uh, in the midst of circumstances and in, in the midst of suggestion that everyone comes to comes with to you know. To know who you are is a place of peace and joy. You, you don't struggle in that place. You just are happy in that place. We have unity, not uni uh, uniformity of callings. I, uh, I'm going to try to, to explain that a little bit more. Uh, in the callings we have, what does it mean to strive together with one mind? That means uh, we um, have different callings, all of us. And uh, different things burning in our hearts. And there is desires that we have that we are different. Uh, but, uh, but at the same time, all these things that are different with us, we still have the same mind. We have one mind. Why do we have one mind in this when it comes to calling? Very often callings lead to separation. That is just a misconception of who you are. You, we end up in strife and, and problems in the churches because uh, we have different callings and desire on our heart. I'm not supposed to be here because they don't have the same desire I have. That's the wrong attitude. The attitude we should have is that, you know, to, to have different callings and different things burnings in our hearts means that in that moment, together we are stronger. It's just we have one goal. There is no other goal. And the goal is set in front of us. And we need to, 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 to start this journey to get to that goal. And that's our purpose here on earth. But we have been, so if they don't have the same thing burning in their hearts that I have, it's just not right. And that's, the, that's where the wrong comes, because you only have that way of thinking when you don't know who you are. 
You need to know who you are. You have the life given by Jesus from God. So th that is the light of man. And light means revelation. In the moment you have this life, you are, have peace and you are free because that's a revelation. So, so uh, we need to. We are one spirit. That means we are one body. Everyone is in this body. When one suffers, everyone suffers, and that's where we need to get the concept of, of that we have different things, burnings in our heart, different callings. But there is only one goal. We can have different callings, different things burning in our hearts, and yet still have one mind. Different callings do not separate us. Like I said, it doesn't divide us. We are all on the planet for the same reason. Same reason to become like him, to get hold of our identity, to manifest him, to be as he is. Because in the moment you find him, you find you and you find that we are one. And in that place fulfill our respective callings. When you find yourself, your desire to do what you have inside will always come to the front. We have unity, not uniformity. We all walk, uh, walk, wake up for the same reason, to love like Jesus. We want to be loved like Jesus was. To have this compassion, been driven by this passion. We want to respond like Jesus, to think like Jesus, to follow him. In doing that, you fulfill your calling. So, when people don't have the same calling or, or have the same desire in their heart, start looking at that as something that is benefiting for you. Because in Ephesians 4, 16 it says, when every part does its own special works, it means they do what they're on their heart and what's the desire. It makes the other parts grow. So that means it has an empowerment when we lift up and let them go for the desire on their heart and we just become support. In that moment, we start growing. And that is what we are supposed to do. Don't let your calling become your identity. The calling is just your duty and it's not who you are. Your satisfaction. Don't let the calling become your satisfaction. It's just finding it, doing it because who you are, not to become it and that settles it. No. Then if your calling is not going well, you are doing bad yourself. You're not doing well and you're sad. That's not the way it should be. The calling is something you do. People let what they do in ministry become their identity and how they are doing. I've seen it so many times when, when they can't get it to work and they get sad. That's just wrong. It's just the enemy trying to steal what you have. So uh, that's backwards, you know, when we, we get uh, our uh, calling as our uh, identity. Who we are is different. But we get that backwards so many, uh, uh, many times and it's detrimental. It's really damaging to us, to your life. People uh, push to get into full-time ministry. They want to, to be... Uh, recognize and that's wrong full-time ministry think they're right we should talk much much more much more about the responsibility and then the time comes and god puts them to the front and that's a big big difference so uh, no your identity is not what your job is or what god told you to do who you are is a big big difference your identity is found through jesus alone nothing nothing else that's the only thing where you find it. your feeling can never tell you who you are your feelings is up and down and it's just self-centeredness that comes to the front when you focus on that. Don't let anything identify you but the finished work of Christ. The finished work of Christ is the purpose of finding who you are. That's who you are. And his love for you is determined who you are. That's the most important thing. The faith of the gospel. 
we need to start keep uh, or keep going after or doing uh, and continue to be encouraged in who we are. Know that Christ has died and uh, been risen. This this is something very important to us. We need to get hold of the the separation that it was when Christ arrived and finished and was risen. And what does that lead to? That's something that we need to look at. We need to look into what this leads to. And this leads to this. It leads us to Philippians 1.28. Hallelujah. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of uh, destruction, but to you of salvation and that of God. This is, this is uh, one of the most beautiful scriptures, I think, that gives us the understanding of something that is much, much more higher than we normally think. This is, says this, you know, when you, when you get hold of who you are, that means when the devil takes the best blow he can take, you're acting like nothing happened. And that is evident to the devil uh, that he is de completely destroyed. But to, to us, who doesn't react to him, it's the evidence of our salvation. Hallelujah. It's so beautiful. When we don't act according to his lies, to him then it becomes an evidence of his destruction, that he's defeated, he's defeated foe. But to us, it's only a proof of our salvation. That's Phil uh, Philippians 1.28. Hallelujah. It's a very, very strong very, very strong scripture that tells us how we should uh, live. And that's why this Philippians is talking about the mindset of Christ. We, mindset of Christ is who we are. When we have the same mindset as Christ, that's just admitting who we are. Hallelujah. Stand in faith with no fear of adversary, enemies or trouble. That is just a proof to them or the devil that he's defeated, destroyed, and completely crushed. So if I'm standing steadfast in the faith, and faith works through love, and I understand that God loves me, <laughs> hallelujah, this is so, so, so amazingly easy, so easy to oversee. So if I'm standing steadfast, stand, 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 therefore, in the faith, the faith is who we are. So I'm standing steadfast that I, I, I am who I am. And faith works through love. So now the faith uh, that is who I am comes from love. And I understand that God loves me. Because love is the foundation of everything. God is the foundation of everything. So you, you, you are loved beyond measure. That I am in and not out. That means I'm home. I'm, I'm not lost. Hallelujah. <laughs> and this thing is sealed. Uh, Ephesians 1.13 in the moment you heard the truth of your salvation, you were sealed with the promise that was the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> cannot be broken, cannot be taken, cannot be entered, cannot be redone what's inside. Hallelujah. God packed you. <laughs> and I am, I'm going to leave a legacy no matter what it seemed to be costing me. It means I'm leaving something because when the devil throws his uh, best blows at me, I'm acting like nothing happened. It's just the proof or to the devil that he's destructed and he has nothing, he's completely wiped out. And for me, that's just a proof of, of the salvation. It's just a proof. It's just a proof of my salvation. 
I'm going to manifest his nature, period. That's how do you do that? When the devil does what he knows best and you don't react, you don't even look at him, you don't even punch him on the face and don't do anything. Guess what? That's who you are. He has to uh, recognize and he has to uh, admit and he has to, to, to surrender. Do you know why? Because he's out, not in. We are in, not out. Hallelujah. Then I am in no way terrified by adversary enemies or troubles or people being used because I can see past it. Because I know in the moment when a person starts talking ugly to me, I see past it. I know there's something ugly behind. They can even be hurt. We want to love like Christ. We want to be like Christ. So when people are hurt, we should be listening to the Holy Spirit to recognize the pain in that person and we can set them free. If this is the adversary on the backside, if the enemy is using them to say bad things about you, we let him talk. The only thing that's going to come out of me is love. And that's how we manifest him. So we will have trouble in this world, but he, but he is with us. And we can see that in Deuteronomy 31.6, Hebrew 13.5. Uh, we can look at uh, Hebrew 13.5. I think that's a good place to, to look at. Uh, we should always look into the Bible, like I tell you, you know. Hebrew 13.5. Hallelujah. It says this. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So hear it very clearly. There is no reason to be looking into that you are alone. The reason we can be content with what we have is because we have Jesus. <laughs> if we had a full revelation of this, it would be impossible to be depressed or discontent. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, part of Solomon's prayer at the dedication of the temple was that the Lord would never leave them more nor forsake them. We see that in 1 Kings 8.57. Praise God. We don't have to pray this way today. The Lord gave us his word that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Jesus. We don't always feel God's presence and our circumstances don't always look like God is with us. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He promised and we know he doesn't break his word. But we don't always see the sun either, do we? <laughs> there are times when we go weeks without seeing the sun, but we know it's there. Hallelujah. Likewise, God is always there whether or not we see or feel him. He would never leave or forsake us. There is a difference between uh, contentment and uh, complacency. We should be satisfied with Jesus whether we have a little or much of this world's gods. But there is nothing wrong with believing God for more so that we can be bigger, be a bigger blessing. Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. That's Genesis 12 too. We are blessed to be a blessing. A person who is incontent and doesn't desire anything more is selfish. If you, uh, if you are incontent and doesn't desire anything more, that means you are selfish. It's a proof of selfishness. If they have all they need or want, they should believe for more and give it to others to help them. That person can be satisfied with uh, what they have, but they shouldn't be complacent towards others. Those of us who know how to trust God need to believe for more so we can bless more people. This is, this is, 
this is a very difficult phrase for Christians, you know, because we need to get more. I want God, I want more of you. God, I want more of you. We sing all these songs. But it has nothing to do with uh, the way we think because we already have all of Him. But to, to, like I said, to read the Bible, to find Him, you find you. The more you read the Bible according to finding Him and going on this treasure hunt, it's not how long. It's just what you, how you do it, why you do it. You do it to get to know Him. The more you get to know Him, the more you discover you. And that's the purpose, to get more of Him. That is to get the light in, the revelation in, that who you are to Him. Now that you are in and, and the devil is out. That, that's the, that's the where we need to get the revelation. of That's more, get to more of Him, because then we become more a blessing. If we're living in this way, it means it's just to prove to us that the salvation is being given complete. Has nothing left out, and that's very, 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 very important. And 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 why I'm saying this uh, is not even trouble to be in this place. Uh, we will have trouble in this world. It's a promise, but He is with us. He, uh, it's not even a trouble. He said He'll be with uh, you in time of trouble. He didn't say He'll keep you from the time of trouble. Trouble will comes because, but that doesn't mean He is not there. It means He's going to take you through them. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. That's Psalm 34, 19. It's a promise, uh, my dear friends. A promise of God is never broken. And you can't find anywhere He breaks any of His promises. So uh, in this uh, searching for Him through reading the Bible is finding you. And the moment you find you, you're going to get amazed. Because that, that's where all the promises, yes and amen. They are already finished. Hallelujah. We teach this self-centering, serving gospel that's free ride from adversity. It's not a free ride from problems and circumstances. Are you kidding? Your brothers are going through the same thing across the world. Don't think, don't you think that's strange if they're doing it? Why should you? So you, we as Christians think that, oh, hallelujah, I'm not in strife. That means I, I, I reach it. No, it means you're not doing anything. You are not searching to get in. You are not searching to find in you. You are not crossing the path of the devil with the lies and changing them to truth. It means you are standing still. You are in content that you, you, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't think is uh, you need anymore because you think you have reached it because there's no trouble and problems. Problems are there and they're going to come and He promised to take you through them all because who you are. Hallelujah. Discouragement has its roots of uh, self-concern. So you, you are self-occupied. Don't ac accommodate those feelings. It's self-centeredness that always leads us astray, makes problems in our life. If you think it, uh, it is strange and you are despairing and you are in bad mood or you have something problem, you have to take a look why you are in this thing called Christianity. When all these uh, feelings and problems comes, you need to look why, why are the reason I am a Christian? Why am I in this Christianity? And then you find, oh, now Jesus has come. Hallelujah. <laughs> and you have to face and realize that you are actually in it for your sake. When you're looking to problems, circumstances, oh, I'm this coming towards me, this coming towards me, this person said this, oh, they are so mean to me, or you're just selfish. You just open the door to the devil. Why are you doing that when it, now that Jesus has come? You are actually in it for your own sake, your, uh, your well-being instead of manifesting Jesus. If you manifest Jesus, the devil is gone. Hallelujah. 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 
if you are this uh, courage, discouraged, if you are weary hearted, despairing, here is what we do. We what we do in churches when, when people come and have this problem and feeling sad or low or bad or don't loved or nobody sees me and all this stuff, we accommodate this stuff. We receive it and say, yeah, oh, I know how you must feel. I know how bad it is for you. Oh, sit down here and do this. And we call that love. No, no, that's not love. That's feelings. Love is to make them understand who they are. They need to get into this treasure hunt to find him so they find them because they are in, not out. And now that Jesus has come, how can you say that you don't, are not loved? Look at the cross and go over that story. See what he did for you so you can find you, so you can know who you are. That's the strength of the gospel. That's the truth of the gospel that sets you free. That's how you get out of this ugliness, this despair. But we are accommodating this stuff because we that are ministering to them, oh, we look good. Look at me. They're coming to me. Oh, that's self-centeredness. You're in it for yourself. Get out of yourself. Get into Christ because that's where love is found. And that's the reason you can change the person's life by knowing who you are. So I'm just so thankful for uh, this message. And uh, I think it's amazing. A lot of this message comes from uh, listening a lot to, to Todd White and the relationship I had with Todd White and have with Todd White and, uh, and Dan Muller that I met. You know, uh, I'd listen to him and I see, understand, oh my God, I want that gospel. So I just prayed for it and then the Lord opened the door. Hallelujah. He just poured his love over me. So I'm, I'm just uh, going to stay here and stand, stand and stand there for. And I'm going to fight for the things I think is right to get the, the true truth in and the lies out. And I'm so happy for that. So I just thank God and Jesus that he, now that he has arrived and didn't hold the sin against us, uh, I can be free. And I want you to feel that feeling too. So we're just going to keep, te- I'm going to keep teaching this, this message of become love. And I hope it blesses you as much as it blesses me. So I just uh, thank you and just keep listening to the podcast coming and and we're going to be happy together. In Jesus' name, amen.